If you've been here for at least the last few Sundays, we have been in a sermon series entitled The 40 Days of Prayer, Connecting with God Every Day. I'm glad you mentioned that, Brother Ivan. <laughs> because that's precisely what we're going to be talking about today. The main point that I'm going to mention more than once this morning will simply be this. Believers are assured of connecting with God in prayer when there is a continuous and conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit in their lives. Let me say that again. Believers are assured of connecting with God in prayer when there is a continuous and conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit in their lives. Pray with me this morning as we see what the Lord would say. Heavenly Father, we ask now that you would have your way, that you would interrupt us, that you would speak to us. That you would come alongside us. That some kind of way through this, these few minutes, we would hear something special from you that would guide us and let us know what it means to rely on our helper. It is in the precious and matchless name of Jesus Christ. They all say it. Amen. We're in this book of Romans for a moment here today because, and we've been here before. If you've been here, you know that we actually did a series and we went through the book of Romans. I love the book of Romans because it, it, it unpacks the entire gospel message for us. If you get the book of Romans, you got the gist of the entire gospel message. The apostle Paul in the book of Romans has one thing he's going to say to us, and that is we are justified by faith. That's his message. And so in, the, in, in, in his breaking out of that whole uh, position of justification by faith, he says that in the past we needed to be justified and then in the present now we are being sanctified because God is shaping, he's molding us. And then in the future we will experience something of a glorification so God is going to do something in the future. God has already done something in the past and in the present he is doing something now. We call it sanctification that is the shaping and molding of us to be more like his son and that's what God desires more than anything else for us to be conform to the image of his son. That's what disciples are. They are men and women that get it. They know that they have to emulate that which they profess to believe in. In this case, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, King of Kings, Lord of glory, Lord of all. In Romans chapter 8, we'll be looking at that chapter. Some people call it the Holy Spirit chapter because if you look at Romans chapter 8, everything in that chapter, I think 20, 30 something times, I don't remember, talk about the Holy Spirit. And it's one of the subjects that's often neglected because nobody knows what to do with the Holy Spirit. It's kind of like, 
Well, if we get too much of it, does that mean we're going to be bouncing off the walls? Or if you don't get it, we don't know what to do with the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is precisely the person of the triune Godhead, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, part of that Godhead. God has given us to help us, especially in prayer. If you look at all of chapter 8, I, I, I call it kind of the blessings which the believer is helped through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so there's four things that I see, and I'll just quickly mention them. In the first 11 verses of chapter 8, there's the blessing of the empowered life. If you look at that, what God has done through the Holy Spirit, he says, in essence, and these are my words, you are empowered to live this life because the Spirit of God is in you. You are walking by the Spirit, Paul would say later on. We walk by the Spirit. We don't walk after the flesh, after the old man or woman. We walk after the Spirit. Why? Because the Spirit now has taken up residence inside of us, has tabernacled inside of us has pitched a tent inside of us. The Holy Spirit resides in us. And that Holy Spirit, he now has empowered us to be able to have a victorious life. Hallelujah. Now, number two, the blessing of, this, uh, of, the, of the help that comes from the Spirit, the blessing of an adopted life, verses 12 through 17. We have been adopted. What God has done is more than just saved us. What he's done, he's brought us into his family. And now we are part of the family of God. We have been brought in as adopted sons and daughters of Christ. And then number four, the blessing of a hope-filled life. We have not only the blessings of this time, this present time that we're living in, but God has assured us that even in the future we are blessed. When this life is all over with, we're blessed. We can't lose. And then today we're going to be talking about the blessing of a prayer-assisted life. And that's verses 26 and 28 through 28 of our text today. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. The other text I I want to use is John 14, verses 16 to 17, and Jesus speaking. He says, and I will ask the Father, he will give you another helper. Some texts will say comforter. He will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth. He names him the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive, but it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he does what? Come on, folks. He dwells out there. He dwells with us. He dwells with us and will be with you, in you. I don't know about you, but when I read that, 
That in itself, you could, you, could, you could take that and run with it right there because what God has done is in beyond incredible. Not only has he saved us, but the very power of salvation, the, the very, that, that power, the, the same power that allows Jesus Christ to be, be crucified, that, that same power that allowed him to come back from death to life. To be resurrected. We're going to be celebrating Resurrection Sunday next month. That same power, resurrection power, that was done through the Spirit of God. That Spirit of God resides in us. I like the way the message puts it. Uh, Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves. He knows our pregnant condition and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked out into something good. Hallelujah. Again, today's main point, believers are assured of, God, of, of connecting with God in prayer when there is a continuous and conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit in their lives. We're going to unpack that a little bit because that, that's going to be key. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Here's a quote, a couple of quotes. I love quotes by people that are much smarter than I am. And, and these are two one of my favorite people. Uh, N.T. Wright is, uh, is, of course, a biblical scholar. And most, if you've been here any length of time, I've quoted him so many times, I feel I should pay him because I'm, I'm using his stuff. Incredible. God has used that man in a very special way. Uh, and then Stanley Grintz, uh, who is, uh, went to be with the Lord about, about, I guess, 10 years ago or 12 years ago now, at the young age of 55, But Stanley Grant's had this to say, uh, the father is the ground of the world and of the divine program for creation. The son is the revealer of God. Watch this now. The exemplar and herald of the father's will for creation and redeemer of humankind. And the spirit is the personal divine power active in the world, the completer of the divine will and program. How do you like that? Each one is operating in a very specific way to make sure that we make it. And then N.T. Wright, for Christians, it's always a love game. That he is love himself indeed. Some have suggested that one way of understanding the Holy Spirit is to see the Spirit as the personal love which the Father has for the Son and the Son for the Father. And uh, as you know, the Holy Spirit does more than just operate as our prayer partner, so to speak. The Holy Spirit is operating very, very deliberately in our lives as Christians now. Uh, he, he's inspiring, he's reviving, renewing, stirring, he's guiding, leading, directing, convicting, discomforting, judging, changing. 
uh, gathering, unifying, reconciling. The Holy Spirit is actively engaged in this life of ours. Why? Because Jesus made it very clear when he was engaged in a conversation with the disciples and they were concerned about, well, where are you going? You're leaving us. And then he had to kind of reassure them, yes, I'm leaving you, but I'm going to leave you a comforter, a helper, someone to come alongside you, and he will instruct you. He will direct you. He will convict of sin. He will judge He'll love you. He'll teach you all things. Two important questions. How do we cultivate a greater dependence on the Holy Spirit in our daily lives? How do we make that happen? And then two, how do we practice the presence of the Holy Spirit as we pray? How do we cultivate a greater dependence on the Holy Spirit in our daily lives? And then how do we practice the presence? Because that's going to be key. I heard Ray mention it in his prayer this morning, and it was so apropos. There's so many distractions. And I want to suggest to you that one of the reasons why we don't connect with God is because we are so distracted. We're so busy. There's so much background noise and stuff going on. And so because we're so busy and we're checking our phones and we're doing this and we're, we're, we're thinking about four or five days from now and four or five years from now. And we've, we, we got all this stuff going on and we don't have a chance to hear God. It's not that he's not speaking. It's just that we're so busy. And then oftentimes when we pray, and I know you've been there, I've been there before myself, you pray, sometimes you just don't feel that your prayers are being heard. It doesn't seem like the prayer is getting through. And what God has done, he says, that's okay because when you are distracted, when you are are, are caught up in all the stuff of life and all of that, and you get burdened and frustrated, one of the things you might want to do is tap the brake. Stop. And listen. Well, Pastor Ali, I don't know what to pray. I I just sometimes I start praying and my words get all mixed up. I don't know all the scriptures. I don't know. It sounds like I'm just babbling. I don't know. It's okay. What God is interested more than anything is a surrendered, humble heart. A heart that says, you may not understand, but I understand. You might think it's not going anywhere, but I know. And the reason I know is because my spirit is speaking through you. So it becomes a matter of faith whether or not we, we're okay with, with accepting the fact that the spirit is speaking, even when we're not. Some of you may have heard me share this before, and I'll share it again. And if you've heard it before, bear with me. But I remember growing up when my mom was going through some very challenging times 
in her life. And she was burdened very dearly because of an alcoholic husband and all the instability in a home that that brings and creates. I remember sometimes she would be in the kitchen and she would be cleaning up and, and, and she, I could tell just by, by watching her and, and watching her just the, the frustration in her eyes that, that, that it was just too much for her at times. And so sometimes what she would do is she would just start to just moan. She'd just moan while she was cleaning up. And, and it wasn't a particular song or hymn or anything like that. She was just moaning. And I came to understand years later that what she was doing was actually trying to convey to God that which she could not put into words. And then God was taking those moans and translating those moans through the Holy Spirit to saying, basically, I need some help. I don't know how to make it. I need some help. I don't know how to deal with this situation. I need some help. But instead of saying she wasn't, she'd used those words too many times. And after a while, I would imagine she just got to a point where she just did moaning was it for her. And the Holy Spirit was taking those moans and translating those moans in such a way that God knew exactly what was going on with her. How do we cultivate a greater dependence on the Holy Spirit in our daily lives? How do we do that? How do we, how do we pull that off? What does it look like, Pastor Ali? Let me, let me throw this out to you. In order to cultivate a greater dependence on the Holy Spirit, one of the first things you've got to do is you've got to be assured that you have first experienced redemption in Jesus Christ. It ain't going to happen if you don't know Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior. Redemption in Christ is central to this whole discussion because when you know Christ, there is something about the presence of God in your life through the Holy Spirit. If you look at verse 11 in that same chapter, Romans 8, verse 11, it says, If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, notice what it says, if the Spirit of God. In other words, if if it's not, all bets are off. If the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. 8.16 in the same chapter, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. What are you saying, Pastor Ali? I'm making it plain as plain I can, as I can make it. That this starts, first of all, in asking yourself whether or not you have the assurance through your own step of faith in Christ. Where you've already said, yes, I believe in Jesus Christ. That he died and he was resurrected for my sins. And I've already gone through that. I've already done, whether you're in the church and you did it, whether you're at home, whether you're at a beach or in a baseball field, but you have made a confession of faith in Jesus Christ. And when you've done that, the Holy Spirit steps in and tabernacles, pitches a tent in your heart 
That's the gospel message. And now all you and I have to do is avail ourselves of what has already taken place. How do we cultivate greater dependence? Another way as we cultivate this dependence is by having a spirit of decreasing our dependence on self. In other words, we decrease. One of the reasons why we have trouble sometimes depending, acknowledging our dependence on God and acknowledging our dependence in this area of the Holy Spirit is because it means that we, 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 we lose control. I don't have control. And God is really saying, that's what I want. I want you to be in a place where you completely relinquish control. Does that mean that the Holy Spirit is going to come on and make me do all kinds of weird things? No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a surrendered heart before God that says, God, I don't know what's going on, what what to pray for, but but I'm, I'm open to you. Humility is a central component of this. You can't talk about dependence on the Holy Spirit unless there's some sense of humility, some sense of recognizing that you have no control, and some sense of just relinquishing it all. Paul writes in Philippians 2, 3 and 4, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility. Count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only on his own interest, but also on the interest of others. You cultivate that humility by placing yourselves in a surrendered position, saying, you, you first, God, God, I want to place them first. I, I want to take, I'm, I'm serving. I'm just, I'm not doing that. This is just about you, God. It's not about me. I don't have to have my way. I don't have to, this is about whatever you desire. You see, the key piece to this prayer connection with God is once you say, yes, I'm going to rely on the Holy Spirit to help me, then that means that you are surrendering all. Believers are assured of connecting with God in prayer when there is a continuous and conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit in their lives. Why do I say continuous? Because if you're like me, like most of us, continuity is where we don't get high marks. We run out of the gate real fast. We're going to commit to doing our three-minute thing. on a, and, and some kind of way, it just kind of loses its... And we get busy, and things are happening, and it's not a priority anymore. How do we practice the presence? We can practice the presence by reminding ourselves that his presence is a promise. Turn to someone sitting right near you and say, his presence is a promise. His presence is a promise. And when we have assurance that his presence is a promise, then we can move on to where the rest of that scripture that talks in verse 28, it says, all things work to good for those that love God and called according to his purpose. 
we know. We know that things will come together when we pray, even if we don't get our way, which that's not what we're about, trying to get our way with God. That's not what prayer is about. God is more concerned, not so much that we get our prayers answered, but that our hearts are surrendered and open to him. So that when he works his will through the Holy Spirit, when he works his will out and that saint is locked into the will of God, surrendered in obedience to God. Then when God decides to go left instead of going right, you're okay with that. Because you know that God is working it out for good. You don't get upset and get frustrated, or if you do, it's only for a short moment, but you don't live in that place of being frustrated with God because you know that ultimately God is working for the good. God is good all the time. Even when the prayer isn't answered like I want it to be answered, God is still good. How do you know if you're being led by the Spirit? Galatians 5.22, you already know it. It's the fruit in your life. 5.22-23, that whole thing about the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's the evidence. If you want to see evidence, it's, it, it's, 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 it's God is giving us his, his, the spirit of God residing in us and after you've been walking with him you ought to be able to see some of that in your life now it may not be manifested all the time but sooner or later if, if you are a, a Holy Spirit kind of tree you ought to have a Holy Spirit kind of fruit in season some sooner or later that's just the way we're wired are these evident in your life? Two verses later, it says, since we are led by the Spirit, keep in step. I suspect that sometimes we're out of step. And when we're out of step and we pray, we get anxious. We get impatient. We can't wait on God. God doesn't move fast enough. We can't pray because we feel that our prayers aren't working. And what God is saying to us is just tap the brake. Hold on. Just relax. I may be bringing an answer and it may be the answer that you need, but you just don't know you need it. And it may be coming at a time when you think you, it's too late, but I know it's right on time. Because that's the way he operates on his time, not necessarily on our time. we speak of the spirit interceding the spirit intercedes in a way that 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 it intercedes for a person to to meet a person to to have a purpose of connection or consultation uh, uh, to be consulting or petitioning so when the spirit is interceding the spirit is is it god spirit holy spirit is listening to our prayers and taking those prayers and interpreting those prayers in such a way that, that, that God knows what the real need is. Why do we need it? Because we're weak. We don't know what to pray for. We're weak. 
We think we know. We think we know our needs. But we don't know. And God knows. And here's where the trust part comes in. And this is the hard part. Trusting an eternal God, creator of the universe, the I am God, the El Shaddai, the El Elyon God, trusting that he knows exactly what we need when we need it. Let me leave you with this. I'm convinced, and I'm looking at my own life, I'm convinced that most of the time when I don't connect with God, most of the time, this might fit you, maybe not, I'm just saying this is me, but most of the time it's because we're moving to, we're all over the map. We're moving all over the place. We're constantly just nomadic in our, in our spiritual journey. We're all over the map. Spiritually. And I suspect that God just simply wants us to, to do as the psalmist says. Just be still. And know that I'm God. If we just got to a place where we could just be still. Even if we don't have the words, just be still and listen. I would challenge you to that. Just, just get into a place where, where you could just, just get away from everything. I don't know where that is for you, but get into a place where you go park somewhere with your car away from traffic, away from everything, go to the beach or wherever, and just sit there. Try sitting there. Do it for five minutes. I dare you. And just say, God, I just want to be open. Take away all, every other thought. Just, just let me think about Jesus Christ, the crucified. Take everything else away from me. Any thoughts about what I have to do afterwards. And just be still. Watch what happens. Watch what happens when you stand still. Watch how God reminds us. Because he's that kind of God. He's our helper who comes alongside us. We trust him. We obey. Trusting that he'll meet us every time. And we don't have to have the right prayers together and all of that stuff. Ah, Forget that. Sometimes you just have to moan. That's all you can do is moan. I've been there, like mom, where I couldn't get the words out. The words would not come out of my mouth. And I just sat there and just moaned. And some kind of way at the end of that experience, I had a sense that it was going to be all right. Because the Holy Spirit took those moans and took them to the Heavenly Father and blessed Let's pray. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the presence of your spirit in our lives. Guide us, direct us, keep us in spite of us. 
Oh, God, help us to hear you. Help us to recognize your voice and help us to know that we have help. In Jesus' name, amen.